money mindset I think that sounds alright Welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the second of our two-part episode with Andy Webb from The Money Blog, Be Clever With Your Cash. In the last podcast episode, we talked about starting your own business like is like starting your own music band. We simplify pensions by using analogy of the three little pigs. Today's episode, we talk about the FIRE movement. We question if Martin Lewis, the money expert, is teaching us the wrong thing. And we also discuss Black Life Matters. My name is Neil Doig. I'm the founder of Money Tips, which stands for Tax Investment Property Pension Savings. We educate, inspire and coach you to better investing. If you haven't already done so, then please, you can check out our free training, which is called Automate Your Finances to Get More Me Time. We've had over 1,200 people sign up so far this year, which is absolutely incredible. So thank you so much if you're one of those people that have signed up for our free training. If you haven't done so, then just send Money Tips a message. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we are on LinkedIn, Or you can go to our website, which is uh, www.moneytips.co.uk. And now to the episode. Hope you enjoy the show. Financial independence maybe would be a good one to talk about. So I think of it like a journey. So financial independence is essentially where you have enough assets that will pay you an income for where you stop working. And essentially with all my clients, I I do coaching with my clients one-to-one. I also do group coaching. And I also got an online course. And we talk about knowing becoming financially independent essentially we talked previously about the rules have changed so essentially you need to understand having enough assets that will pay you an income for when you stop working so maybe yeah Andy maybe talk about what your thoughts about financial independence as a whole kind of fire movement that's people there's lots of bloggers out there that have written a lot more than I have about it and talked a lot more than I have but I think it's quite a fascinating movement we talk about I guess you mentioned before about people not wanting to talk about money or um not necessarily talking about it and i guess the fire movement almost paints it in a good picture kind of it's not embarrassing to save money it's not embarrassing to save money or not spend money or things like that i guess it's getting away from that to kind of actually having an a point a destination to head towards what are your thoughts on that and maybe tell tell us more about your experience with your part of the community and you've maybe spoke to fire people um yeah what are your thoughts yeah, so fire is really, really interesting. And I mean, you can see the appeal, can't you? I mean, just straight away, that idea of at 35, 45, whatever it is, 55 even, you know, retiring earlier. And let's face it, most people are going to be working well beyond sort of state retirement age. Yeah. The idea that you could sort of stop earlier is, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Think about all the things that you could do. Yeah. When I talk to people about this, and I've, I've had people on the podcast about this before, um, I obviously spoke to people in person as well. I feel that there are two very different ends to the fire spectrum. Yeah. And I think a lot of the people who shout about it a lot and do very well out of it and everyone's very jealous of, they have got a lot of assets already that have allowed them to get in this position. So some of that is going to be through hard work. They've worked really hard, you know, to, yeah. to get there. Yeah. Um, but they've got, like you talked about getting on a property 
market at its yeah. low. You know, all these sort of things that have gone their way or they've been yeah. well-paid jobs uh, yeah. as a household, all these things. A lot of things have allowed them to really accelerate that movement and do really yeah. well out of it. And at the other end, you've got these people who are scraping by on just everything. You know, they call that the frugal, fr- being frugal yeah. and thrifty, but they're literally putting, not living, just so they can have this thing later on in yeah. 20 years' time. And, and for those people, it can be a reality. There are lots of people who have done that. Yeah. But I think that's it's one of those things I, I worry about. It's almost a bit kind of, when people say, look, yeah, write a blog and you'll be able to be self-employed. You have your own yeah. business. Yes, some people will do that. I've managed to do it. But I also did it off the back of the fact that I got a redundancy payout, which meant I didn't have to work. And then I worked for four years at the same time that I was doing it. I've only been yeah. full-time on a, on a, just on the blog for, for two years, really. These things, I think it's sometimes it's selling something, even if not physically selling, you know, it, it's yeah. selling this dream, which for a lot of people, if it is obtainable, it's for a huge amount of sacrifice. And you've got to remember that you've got to live a bit as well. Like, I mean, I've always been very sensible with my money. Yeah. I would, when I went out, you know, I would know how much I was going to spend and I wouldn't spend more than that, but I would still yeah. have a good time. But I would choose where I spent my money. A lot of the time that was on traveling. So, yeah. you know, whether it was, uh, you know, four months in Asia, New, um, Australia, New Zealand, or, you know, three weeks in Cuba or whatever, you know, whatever it is. That's over a year, my money I was saving up, it was to go so I could have a really good sort of uh, holiday or a traveling experience. But that meant I didn't go crazy spending elsewhere. So I've always had that kind of attitude. But I've lost my sort of trainer a little bit. But anyway, I think it can be really good fire. And I think if you're in a position to do it, I would absolutely think that's lovely. But don't do it at the expense that you're not living right now. Because you don't know what's going to happen. If coronavirus has told us anything, life can change at any moment. Uh, and just because you're young and you think you're invincible, um, do you know what? Your twenties really are the time when you can do a lot of the things. Because what people don't tell you, right? Particularly the thing if you're a millennial now, if you're one of the older millennials, you'll be in this sort of stage where your friends will have started moving away from where you live. This is, I mean, this is more sort of city centre based. I was in London. People yeah. move back home or they move to the suburbs. They start having kids. They stop doing those things. So even if you aren't moving away, if you're not having kids. <laughs> There yeah. aren't necessarily the people to, to do that with. So I wouldn't sort of sacrifice your 20s because you think, oh, I'll do it in my 40s. Yeah. Because life's going to be very different. A yeah. festival in your 40s or 50s is not the same as a festival in your 20s and early 30s. Yeah, exactly. It absolutely isn't. But at the same time, don't get into debt just so you can go on holiday. That's, you know, it's fine in the middle ground. Yeah, no, it's super powerful. No, I agree. I I, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't buy a house when I probably should have done, but I moved to Clapham, which is quite kind of an up and coming, not an up and coming area. It's like quite um, kind of a, a young professionals live there. It's lots of bars, lots of restaurants. So yeah, probably one of my te- best 10 years of my life. I met my partner there and yeah. So rather than buying a house and living in the suburbs, yeah, it's, yeah, it is, it is about life's good. Enjoy it while you can. Like life is for living. I'm not necessarily saying that. Yeah, I guess, the point you also make is yeah live according to your income spend less than you earn is super important as well and yeah put money away but it's for me it's so easy to say that like you say i've probably been i've been super lucky with where i've been born and lived near i've lived near london so i had opportunities to good jobs i didn't have kind of crippling debt when i left university so i'm probably millennial i'm probably on the higher end of the millennial spectrum so my student debt was nowhere near as some of the other student debt they have at the moment. It's kind of insane. And yeah, I've 
when I was working, I was working during kind of boom times. I was in shipping in when China was opening up and to get a job was, you just needed to, yeah, it was much, there was, you know, in a growing economy, it's much easier than I know a lot of millennials. My partner is kind of peak millennial. She finished university during the financial crash and yeah, it was, must've been tough for getting a job in that time. And yeah, like you say, we're in coronavirus time, world's completely different. So it's, it's, I, I know it's so, I mean, for me, it's, I'm trying to almost pitch fire, become financially independent as almost like retirement. If you say you've got to retire, you've got to put money away. It's quite hard to get people to do that. I'm, it's like, it's a difference between, you know, your long-term self versus your today self. Like we, as kind of humans, we've evolved to be, to eat the snack if there was a, you know, a, a tasty treat. We, we've evolved to eat that now if, when we lived hundreds of thousands or hundreds of years ago to, um, or thousands of years ago um, compared to actually say we were not going to keep that treat and say right I'm going to keep it for 30 years time for when I'm 70 like we our brains haven't evolved to have these kind of thoughts um, does that make sense that's kind of yeah, it does. I I'm back fascinated about evolutionary biology and stuff like that but <laughs> that's probably super nerdy um, but just going back to what you said at the start as well, you talked about, you know, the defender or are you a forward? You know, yeah. are you hacking to sort of make those sort of goals, those future goals, or are you, you know, saving right yeah. now? And I think that's something I think when you are younger, that, that's potentially, if you could, I got around, I was able to go on these nice holidays, but I got the best price for those nice yeah. holidays. I would sort yeah. of make the cuts where I could. You know, I would, you know, obviously not anymore, but buying CDs, I used to this before we had Spotify and so on. Yeah. If I bought a CD, I would make sure I was getting them at the best price. You know, I'd wait a little bit longer and get them when they were cheaper rather than when they came out straight away. You can do certain things so you can enjoy your life and the things you want to buy yeah. um, to give you that little bit more extra cash to put towards your workplace pension or whatever yeah. it might be, or investments or your deposit for your house. You can do all of that as one. It, it, it comes together. Maybe it's maybe it's the, the holding midfielder. I don't know, or the playmaker. Maybe you're going to love my card game. So it's called um, yeah, football formation asset allocation. So it's um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about. It. I've got an online course, coaching program, and a card game. I'm, I've got a book coming out at the end of the year called Football Formation Asset Allocation. Fun that, and yeah, it's all about that. So you're you're going to love it. I'm actually having a tournament, um, a card tournament, at the end of this year. So yeah, I'll give you an invite to it. If, yeah, that sounds great. Um, invites out to anyone who who wants to invest or wants to kind of learn more about investing can learn about the game. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's my clients have, I've get, getting really good feedback from it. So, um, it's in, it's in a shop in, it's in Hoy's in London, uh, sorry, Hoy's in Oxford, if anyone wants to, uh, purchase it at the moment, but yeah, or you can get it from my, my, I'm redeveloping my website. So you'll be able to buy it on the website, but yeah, it sounds like, yeah, the way I explain it, explain it, if, if you live a good life, you live to 90 years old, like 90 minutes on a pitch money goes into if, if you score a goal money goes into your pocket if you concede a goal money goes out of your pocket and essentially it's like each player is like an asset class and you can build your portfolio around you so yeah it's super nerdy it goes into kind of um, i've used four um e- economists from that won nobel prizes um yeah it, it gets um the book is coming out later in the year and yeah it's it will be um yeah it's I've been working on it for the last few years. So yeah, hopefully uh, people will appreciate it. But yeah, it's... Did you ever see that? It's reminded that classic Monty Python sketch from, I think it must be in the 70s, where yeah. they've got the philosophers 
uh, <laughs> playing football. I mean, this is definitely yeah. go to YouTube now and type in Monty Python football game or something like that. I'm yeah, sure it'll pop up in I remember it. Yeah, but it, it's brilliant. They're all sort of pondering around these all ancient Greek philosophers, pondering it around, not sure what to do, and suddenly it goes Eureka, and he <sighs> runs off and gets the ball. And just I think oh, oh no, it's the Greeks versus the Enlightenment or something like that. Okay, and they, oh, it's brilliant. I have to check that out. Yeah, I'm a massive philosophy nerd. I um. Yeah, I did a recent course, actually, at the local university on philosophy. That's, but yeah, I find it quite fascinating. But um, yeah, coming back to money, though. Um, so maybe any, any books you recommend or any kind of... We talked about other FIRE blogs or anyone you, that you've read. Um, but anyone else you kind of recommend, you think, oh, that's quite... They're doing good work or any books you'd recommend or anyone... Yeah, you'd, a book you'd give to a library or a school. School's really interesting, isn't it? Because I know that there's, I mean, when we were at school, we're, we're the same age, we're that top end of that millennial scale. Yeah. But we didn't get taught any sort of real finances, did we? No. At all. And I know this is constantly sort of one of these things, talk about financial education in schools and the curriculum, but it still doesn't seem to be they've really kind of got it nailed. But I don't know if you saw this, but last month or maybe very recently, but Martin Lewis has sort of funded himself. Obviously, he's got millions from selling money to the experts and money supermarket. He uses that money, I think, in lots of really, really good ways. But one of them was to fund a um, a textbook uh, to go into schools. So I think that has got to be the most important thing because we start off early. Yeah, yeah, you can catch up later on. I hate it when people say, oh, I'm rubbish with money. It's too late. You can always learn about the basics and then build up. You don't have to suddenly go from nothing to investing. You can sort of do some middle ground. Yeah. But the more we can do in schools just to understand real world finances, um, the the better. So, yeah, maybe maybe this is Martin Lewis's textbook. Just make sure that... With Martin Lewis, though, he teaches the wrong thing. This is my big... This is one of the reasons why I started my company, Money Tips, because I didn't think Martin Lewis was doing a good enough job. He talks about... Uh, credit cards, which I've got a massive um, kind of hatred around credit cards because it's essentially fueling the debt bubble. Like so many clients I've had come in, they're like stuck in this um, the kind of the debt struggle where they kind of massive have massive debt amounts and they can't afford to pay the debt loan, even the interest. So yeah, I think Martin Lewis is kind of pushing a lot for credit cards, which I don't necessarily agree with, and. Yeah, he necessarily pushes for holidays. While right, if he is actually focusing on investments, yeah, he doesn't talk about investments either, which is no, not a key thing that he misses. Which I guess, I guess that's my niche. That's what I kind of think that's kind of what I'm. My specialist subject is kind of investing, which is. I think it's it's interesting in terms things. of younger people. In terms of what I talked to about, you know, how younger people you see them, you know, from from teens to twenties, thirties, using the platforms like your Instagram, and I see it a lot more on youtube but a lot more people from much more sort of diverse backgrounds obviously black lives matter has been a huge thing uh, very yeah. recently but it will continue to be so until there is real change yeah but you see a lot more black influencers talking about money and talking about investing as well and younger millennial people talking about investing or something and it's almost as if there's i think there's been a kind of a a gap for most people and i think what martin lewis does which is really good um is he's he's brought personal finance to mainstream, but proper mainstream. You know, the, the millions of people yeah. who watched the ITV show, they were people who were nowhere before. So I yeah. think there's, a, there's getting those people right. They're there now. Now they're here. If they get those sort of things in, in place, you know, they are kind of not, you know, they're clearing their debts or they're yeah. switching their bills. 
maybe then they're going to be able to move straight on to the that next level of pensions. Yeah. What's really, I think, exciting, but also worries me slightly about people jumping straight out of school into investing is the game. I mean, the gamification of things like you can see these free trades that go on right now. Yeah, I've just bought something in uh, Apple or Netflix. Fantastic. But they're not necessarily understanding it. And there was recently an article in the Sunday Times that was sort of about people who have got out of control with this because it's it's a game to them. They don't understand. This is trading, not investing. This is a big difference. I'm trying to teach you. It's, yeah. uh, I see a big difference between trading, which I traded on as a FTSE 100 company um, for seven years and investing. So I was a financial advisor as well. So essentially it's very different, but people see this kind of Hollywood image of people on a trading floor buying and selling, but yeah. that's not how good world-class traders work, but it's quite um, important to teach that. But I, I take your point with Martin Lewis. I come, coming back to that, I maybe didn't give a balanced view. I do remember <laughs> um, traveling to... Um, Australia and I had these huge bank balance, uh, bank um, overdraft tra- charges which actually was illegal at the time and I came back didn't even know they'd been posting letters to my parents but I was away oh. in Australia um, after university and yeah these huge debt um, overdraft fees and essentially one of the big things that Martin Lewis kind of built his business on was having these templates that you just copied and pasted them to banks and you'd get your money back so yeah I'm grateful for him for doing that I just credit cards is, is one of my personal bugbears and that's kind of what he's pushing at the moment. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's each their own. I guess there's different niches for different kind of um, requirements and yeah, no, you're totally right with black lives matters and all these kind of movements that are coming through, even the environment movements like me, like yeah, feminist movements, kind of gender equality, yeah, all these things, they're all great and they will make, yeah, a world a better place. And maybe it has been too kind of, um, male kind of um pale and stale like it's been kind of well but people can't see us right now kind of like white um commenters yeah. or too many kind of people males who think they know what they're doing but no, don't actually understand a lot of things and i myself is is probably included i'm here kind of listening and learning about i'm still learning every day and i guess it's um yeah trying to yeah understand it and because of that maybe it's marketed to these investment products because it's you know the white person, male, six-year-old in the offices, he's kind of marketed. That's who think they think they're going to use it. Then it's marketed to that person. And maybe there's a lot of kind of almost exclusion from people, which is not good for anyone. So, yeah, these things have to change. And I'd like to think that, yeah, it is changing, maybe not fast enough. But, yeah, I'd like to think it is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. People can't see us right now because they're obviously listening to us. But yeah. we are both white men, yeah. straight men uh, from the South who yeah. have been uh, educated and then working and have are probably, you know, essentially where, where we started off, we're pretty much middle class now, aren't we? That's where yeah, we are. I mean, I'm lucky. I've, my story behind, yeah, going to university and um, coming back from Australia, like that's a proper first world problem. Like, it know. is, isn't it? It really is. But, that, but, but I think that we're also, I think, hopefully... I mean, so two of us chatting together is a rarity because on our, both our podcasts, we have other voices that come in. And yeah. it's so important that we do listen to other people, like you say, and bring them along and appreciate that, you know, there are factors that are, and we're going on another tangent here now. But yeah, no, it's good. No, keep going. Things that are, we can't see because we are amongst the most privileged in the yeah. world uh, and we can't see 
uh, some of those financial things that are impacting people we wouldn't even know about. Like in the um, Afro-Caribbean uh, communities, there are these sort of internal banks, these called partners, which I'd never heard of until a few weeks yeah. ago. They lend within their own communities. And yeah. that, of course, has its own sort of impact. But I think the more we can, everyone can do is to sort of be more appreciative of other people and not realise that not everyone is the same. So just because you have a feeling of a certain thing um, that works for you, that someone else, there could be other things. And that's a real challenge for us as sort yeah. of communicators around finance to, to, to make sure that, that we acknowledge that, but also provide the information which can help as many people as... Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I think, um, no, so I'm, I'm listening and learning. One of the biggest analogies that kind of got it for me, I, was, I read um, why well, I'm no longer talking about race to white people. Mm, yeah, I heard that's fantastic. And they were talking about how if you're a mother with a buggy around the underground... Like it's actually quite challenging to get that buggy up the stairs. And they talk about that's quite similar to if you're, and if you're just a normal person walking around, you might not necessarily realise these kind of struggles and you might not necessarily see that. And she connects that to if you're a white person living in kind of a white person's middle-class world where you're educated and everyone, you don't necessarily see, like you don't necessarily see those challenges or those struggles. Like those banks, I didn't know that. So maybe that's, I've learned something today. And yeah, it's about, yeah, I, I like to think that I'm educating and inspiring people, but I myself, I'm still learning every day. Like, um, yeah, I've a lot that I don't know. I'm, um, so yeah, that's, yeah come, let's maybe talk about the UN goals, which is, yeah, which is, I, I ask other money bloggers and I like to think it's quite a good positive way to look at the, the biggest challenges that we face as a planet. And essentially for the people at home, there's 17 of the biggest problems. So there's kind of no problem, um, there's poverty, kind of gender equality, uh, not having enough gender equality, having life above land or life below land. And some, 17 of these kind of problems, they don't actually have racial equality, which is quite interesting. Maybe they need to include, include that one going forward. But yeah, it's a United Nations kind of goals that they've come up with. But I've kind of been asking anyone, like, any one or two that's important to you and kind of maybe just saying why. So what are your thoughts, Andy? You know, I mean, it's really tough, isn't it? Because they're all kind of, um, you know, things which would be lovely to have in the world. At least I, I feel they'd be lovely things yeah. to have in the world. Um, I guess I'm torn between uh, climate action. Okay. Uh, because, I mean, obviously before COVID kicked off, I mean, this was obviously the, the climate crisis was, was really, really um, starting to become very close to the top of the agenda for lots of yeah. people, if not the government, but certainly for yeah. the people. Um but then the other the thing that I think is possibly I would go for would be no poverty. Because in theory, if you had no poverty, you'd hope a lot of the other problems that yeah. are seen in the world yeah. might be addressed. Yeah. So just recently, there were um, figures showing that, the, uh, going back to what we talked about you know, Black Lives Matter, um, that I think it was something like 19% is the pay gap between white man white man and black man or something like that it might be more than that but there's you know all those kind of things if there's no poverty if you get rid of that inequality that poverty brings that yeah. may well then bring along other equality elsewhere we obviously reduces hunger hopefully yeah. then the, the health and well-being but obviously that's that's probably why it's number one on their goals because yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a kind of the if I, yeah if I click my fingers thanos style uh, yeah. there would be no poverty in the hope that that would bring about um most of those other goals Although the, the problem you might find there is that um, if people have lots of money, they start doing more things to damage the planet. But you never know. 
Yeah, no, that's great. No, that's perfect. No, I agree. Climate change is super important as, as well as poverty. But your first point is, yeah, it's kind of gone. It's kind of almost been put on a backbone of the climate change. Talk about just other other issues have come up. But um, yeah, for me, it's super important as well. And yeah, poverty, obviously. Yeah, I think if you solve that, then it opens up a lot of doors to solving a lot of other problems is that I can see. But yeah, it's for me, it's quite, um, yeah, no, it's a quite a powerful um, kind of picture to see. But these are the 17 problems and then you can start almost picking off which ones you can, you can start to solve. But yeah, I'm, to come on to poverty, I think until we change the GDP model where it's basically a continuous growth model, then it's going to be challenging to stop climate change, I think, until we start. Yeah, but that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> That's maybe a bit... Yeah, that's another hour, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, uh, yeah, no, thanks so much for your time. Just before you wrap up, just um, any quotes, anything you've seen funny or maybe just mention your blog and where, where, where we can find you, Andy. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure like lots of people during lockdown, I've been watching a lot more. I mean, I, I like box sets and TV and things anyway, but I'm watching a lot more of it. We've recently been rewatching 30 Rock, which if people haven't seen, okay. I absolutely recommend you, you catching it. It's, it's one of my all-time favourite comedy shows. Um, but one from the other day was, uh, I mean, every line of dialogue is working really hard, like to either be a one, it's either a one liner or it's building up to another joke. It's, it's, they're all really fantastic. Um, but the line the other day was never go to, with a hippie to a second location, which I think <laughs> okay. you have the context of it, but it's, it's, it's brilliant. Love that. Um, if you want to find me, obviously the blog is be clever with your cash.com. The podcast is cash chats. So you can find that on Spotify, Apple podcasts. Uh, anything like that so please do, do check that out as, as well uh, and on social media both on twitter and on instagram it's at andy clever cash so yeah pop along do do say hello it'd be lovely to, to hear from you wow thanks so much for your time andy that you've given away some yeah some amazing value there so yeah i really appreciate it. i'm sure the listeners appreciate it as well so yeah check out um andy's blog check out the podcast and yeah this has been millennial money mindset my name's neil doig i'm the director of money tips and author of Millennial Money Mindset, if you want the fruits, you need the roots, and creator of Football Formation Asset Allocation. It's a card game which will be out later this year. My aim would be to get people to buy it for Christmas. That's my kind of my long-term plan. So yeah, if you're thinking about Christmas, that would be a great present. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Please like, please subscribe, and please tell one person about Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Thanks again. Cheers, Andy. Money Mindset I think that sounds alright